Hello everyone, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Bitcoin Focus Show. Today is September the 5th, 2019. Strong hand, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Long term thinking. All right, Tour de Meester, you're going to get a 12 minute hit, a Tour de Meester now. He definitely had some long term thinking in this one. Enjoy it, people. See ya. I'm a cryptocurrency maximalist, right? Because uh, I think cryptocurrency really, the promise of cryptocurrency is um, an internet of property where not only do you have um, money and cash and digital cash, all those kind of things, but then also layers of financial products built on top of it, prediction markets, derivatives, um, uh, bonds, all kinds of things built on top of it. Uh, And so in order to be able to build that, you need a secure base. And I think that Bitcoin could be that. Um, and, and, and because this secure base is so important and because of all these network effects, I really do think that we'll have one dominant cryptocurrency that is going to be the basis. And then of course, there'll be other ones that, uh, fill certain niches and that are maybe more like the, you know, the, the, the intranets of today's internet, you know, like there's other types of networks, but that are much smaller. And, and is Ripple, should that really even be listed on there? I mean. Is, is, I mean, what do you think it, about? It depends. Depends what you like. What you define as a cryptocurrency. Uh, I imagine Ripple is using some cryptography. Um, is is it a blockchain? Not really. It's uh, you know, if you want to know what what Ripple was going to be, you should look at Stellar. Like that is um, that's the project that came from, you know, when the founder left Ripple, the inventor of the Ripple protocol. When they when he left Ripple, he he took the open source code and built Stellar. Uh, so, but even back in the day, it wasn't really a blockchain. Um, I mean, I think it's an interesting fintech story. It, you know, there could be something there. It could be valuable. It could kind of ride the same wave. Uh, but it's definitely not a competitor to Bitcoin. It's, it's if anything, it's almost the opposite. It's a KYC coin. Like the way the way Ripple is promoted. Is that it's extremely um, auditable. Like for for regulators, it's like the dream. Like you could track any currency, any token, uh, through all the different owners and like see when it was there and how long it was kept there. And so, uh, you know, it could be uh, you know the next thing for the central banks to adopt Ripple in some in some way, or for Swift to start working with Ripple. So. I, I think it's interesting, but like for totally different reasons than Bitcoin. Wow, that that I love that KYC coin term. I am going to use that one in the future. <laughs> when anyone asks me about Ripple, that's just what I'm going to say. Dude, it's a KYC coin. It, it's not that far away. The year 2020, we're going to have a Bitcoin halving. Um, what, do you, what do you see for the year 2020 in Bitcoin? Where do you see Bitcoin at? Where do you see its price? Where do you see this world and and what, what Bitcoin is doing when, as we approach this 2020 halving, how many people are going to be using it? What's going to be going on? Well, I mean, um, there was a survey in 2015 that looked at how many U.S. consumers uh, own Bitcoin. And the number back then was like 0.8%, I believe. And I did some research and um, turns out that that was the equivalent for, so 2015... 
That was the equivalent for internet adoption in 1990 in the US as well. Uh, and so extrapolating from that, I'm not saying that this is like, this is what it is, but we don't have a lot to work with when you wanna you know, compare Bitcoin growth to anything else. And I do think that there's some similarities with internet adoption where it's like, it's not only like a mental leap, it's not only a hardware leap, it's not only like a somewhat of a financial leap, but it's all those things combined. Um, so I see that in Bitcoin too. So extrapolating from you know that 0.8% in, in 2015 to 2020, it's possible that 2020 is gonna be like the Windows 95 moment. That that you know that that could happen, and that we actually see this breakthrough, start of generalized adoption of, of Bitcoin. You know, once all these problems with uh, scalability are ironed out, and we have like very performant Lightning networks out there, um, and and just a very diversified exchange um, system, and several countries accepting Bitcoin for tax purposes, and maybe also Bitcoin serving as a reserve asset for some smaller central banks. Um, you know, I think I think that is not 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 unthinkable at all. So, do you do you have a price uh, prediction or a or a desire where you'd like to see it in twenty twenty exactly? Well, my desire is a million dollars, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't really know. I, I really don't know. Um, I do think that I, I do think it's going to keep on being cyclical. It's going to keep on being a cyclical asset. And so to you know to say January 2020 is going to be this price, I don't know, but I do think by then we will have had at least one rally where the price spikes to ten thousand dollars and more. That doesn't mean that it can't cool down again. And but yeah, I like I don't, I don't think that's to to me that's not like a a big prediction to make. That feels like pretty much in the line of expectations. You know, I, I do hear it for me. It's just still, it's still, it's still an amazing number, ten thousand dollars. I still think it's, um, you know, you hear all these people who just want to have articles written about them that say five hundred thousand dollars. It seems like a lot. There are a few logical people, quite a few logical people out there like yourself who who do say, yeah, ten thousand for twenty twenty. Um, I I can't. I just it's such a number. I I can't say it. I mean, that would be just great. I would be beyond happiness. If, if, if such a thing happens. I think maybe the way people are looking at um, smart contracts, and especially, you're right, I mean, solving that Oracle problem is huge, is maybe the way people were excited about video streaming in 1999, and then it took 10 years for it to actually be, you know, workable and real. So maybe it's gonna be another 10 years to have like, you know, legit multi-billion dollar sustainable, decent uh, token offerings, uh, things like that. And then when it comes to IOTA, I don't have strong opinions. I just started like a thread, kind of aggregating some some skeptical voices that are basically arguing that, you know, it's not decentralized. It is actually decentralized today. Um, that this Tangle idea is um, is maybe uh, you know kind of like a more of a brain fart than something that is a breakthrough. And I, I see that with a lot of these projects is that. You know, in a way, it's like, you know, these cryptographers, I kind of see them as these theoretical physicists where they're like, you know, they're like trying to figure out um, maybe like post-Newtonian physics. And then there's this 25-year-old who comes like from nowhere who's totally not connected to this community that are trying to solve these really hard problems. And he's saying he came up with this total breakthrough 
or he's promising to, it's actually, you know, even worse. Like he's saying, I'm going to produce this breakthrough. Give me money now. So, you know, that, that, I, I think that's like, that, that should elicit some frowns and some raised eyebrows. Uh, and so that's kind of how I felt about IOTA. It's like, well, it's, it's a very big claim to make. And then so far from the, you know, established uh, theoretical physicists, so to speak, I'm not seeing a lot of excitement. That's just, you know, where I am. I, I don't know much about many details. So, yeah, so far there's not a lot of upside to pointing out flaws, right? I mean, there's not a lot of liquidity. There's, like, a lot of, like, hot money. And so, like, if the market is more mature, you can have firms that are, like, you know, uh, one of them is Muddy Waters in the traditional world. They focused on, on China, and they would basically analyze these uh, publicly traded companies. And then if they found fraud, they would, you know, uh, get a short position in the company and then publish their report and then, in a way, make it sustainable for them to, to specialize in this kind of criticism. But today, what is really the upside if you're going to point out that IOTA is, doesn't work? Like, you can't make any money off of it, really. People are upset with you. They might attack you. Uh, and, and then you're, you're wasting time on, on – and then also, intellectually, it might not be very stimulating because often – these, these ideas are like rehashes of things that are, you can find in the Bitcoin talk archives of 2012, like somebody, you know, already brought it up and now it's just kind of like the turd is polished and, and they, they, they made a white paper around it. This, um, I would recommend people check out the WizSec presentation uh, from Breaking Bitcoin. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Uh, basically, you know, this, this analyst who lives in, um, uh, it's not Hong Kong, it's, uh, it's Tokyo, uh, who's done this analysis of what happened with Mt. Gox. I think it's extremely interesting. And one of the highlights for me was that um, aside from, uh, sorry, I'm just losing the screen here. Uh, aside from that famous hack, infamous hack of 600,000 Bitcoins, there were at least, because for brevity, he just left out a bunch of incidents, but he highlighted seven totally separate incidents where uh, the security of Mt. Gox was compromised and where in total between 50 and 100,000 Bitcoins were lost. Uh, and then just, you know, that made me start asking around breaking Bitcoin, like, hey, have you interacted with some of the existing Bitcoin exchanges? What do you think? And there are concerns that, you know, security is not as good as we all hope that it is. And so I really do think that we will have can still, we're not out of the woods. We are still going to have big Bitcoin hacks or bit, the exchange, Bitcoin exchange hacks uh, because I think um, to some extent it's still amateur hour when it comes to security. Of course, you know, Mark Carpellis really set the bar, let's say, very, very low. Uh, but that doesn't mean that anybody who's like a little better than Mark is out of the woods. Um, so that would be like, you know, uh, try to be safe. Um, keep up with what's, you know, the latest news about hardware wallets and how to store your own Bitcoins. Um, really uh, try, try to just, you know, do your research because... Every day people get hacked. And of course, not just, you know, exchanges, also individuals. They go after you on social media. Um, it's, it's, it's really tricky. And so I would say try and diversify and, and really, you know, do your homework because you want to be on board of this for the long run. Like I keep saying it, I've never been this excited about Bitcoin, Bitcoin's long-term future ever. And then people call me in and they're like, hey, you said that six months ago. It's like, yeah, but I'm more excited now. <laughs> so I don't know. I think this is, this is a, an amazing um, 
you know, technology, an amazing community of, of developers. And so, you know, you want to stay on board, right? You don't want to, you know, um, get, get, get hacked or stolen from. So, yeah, I would just say, you know, be careful. Um, that, that, that's all I would say. Pound that like button, everybody.